Howdy, how's it going? Yeah, I'm alright. Uh, this is your host Leslie and we've got Yaz and Mark. Hey! And we're back for another episode of Crystal Myth Podcast. It's an eerie episode. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be eerie? Shall we make it eerie? Um, well, I mean, it's a bit of a random one. It's not really anything specific. I think we were going to say like haunted cars or places or things, but it sort of turned out to be a mishmash of maybe all things. Yeah. The coffee is kind of like haunted stuff. So I think we've all done that. Like, mm. we've done like haunted, I don't know, what, we, what would you call it? Like, like haunted air. And then, no, I mean, like for this one, so we're doing that kind of haunted, oh. the whole earth. <laughs> haunted yeah, I mean, mine's. Earth and haunted place. Yeah, mine's relates into a power line that crisscrosses the entire earth Ooh. and could be used to open. A portal. Ooh, that sounds really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we start with that? That sounds awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So for any hippies out there that like to go to Glastonbury or Stonehenge, then they would be familiar with the term ley lines. What do you guys think? Have you heard that term before? Have you heard of ley lines? Mm-hmm. Do you know of any in as your a, vicinity? As a hippie who has been to Stonehenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Stonehenge was shit. Like, I was so disappointed when I went there. I loved uh, it. I felt so. I've not seen it. I felt so like calm and connected to the earth, but obviously so, I, I am a big hippie, and if somebody tells me I'm calm and connected to the earth, right. I probably believe them immediately. So, Mark, when you were there, did you feel like you were gathering or taking on the energy or of the place? Could you feel the energy coming through the stones or the earth? Yeah, I felt like I was harnessing it. Yeah, like I felt like that's the only way I can describe. I felt like all of the negative energy went out of my body, and that I was really connected to the ground, and I felt really, really calm and really, really relaxed. So I was with um, V, like Kelly, and uh-huh. when I told her, I was like, "Are you feeling this as well?" She was like, "No, what are you on about?" So uh-huh. I don't know. It hits everyone the same, but yeah, that's how. So I you're felt. what they call a laymancer. Yeah. Ooh. Someone who can, sexy. yeah, it's a superpower. So someone who can use energy that comes from ley lines and manipulate that to whatever they want or for their own benefit. Or you can just feel the energy coming from. Uh, and they say that these people can also raise um, open portals to other dimensions. I'm just saying. Oh, you know, I want to open portals to other dimensions. Well, the Axis Mindy, that's your well, ultimate goal. I'm, I'm Axis Mindy Daft. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Axis Mindy Daft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so, did you guys go right into the middle of Stonehenge? Because I heard you can no. only look at it from a distance unless you're some sort of druid or TV no. presenter. There's like a rope round the whole thing. Yeah. 
tap really quickly. You can't even get close to the stones. Like I felt like the closer I got to it, the more like I don't know serene I felt. But yeah, you couldn't get right up to the middle of it. But I really wanted to <laughs> jump the rope. Yeah. I felt like I should go and sit in the middle of it. Yeah, it's not allowed. I think I was just disappointed because you basically drive up on the motorway, you park on one side of the motorway, go under the road, and then come out the other side. And it's you like you have to pay to yeah, get you have near to pay it. to basically. Can not just watch it from the road where it's, it's free? Literally, honestly, you could literally just park up and just take some pictures. But I think I just thought it was going to be like something, and I clearly don't feel the energy like Mark did. I'm just. When you were in Egypt, have you felt any energy around the Egyptian temples or pyramids or anything? Oh, really? No. No. Oh, when I, similar energy, and I can't even remember what the name of the place was, which is absolutely terrible. Um, I'll need to find out <laughs> at some point. But when I was in Vietnam, right. there was like a holy mountain there, but not really like, it's not a lot of, uh, like European tourists don't go there, but uh, Monica had kind of organised for us to go there. And yeah, we went out and we climbed up this, well, sort of into this like holy mountain. And then there was like a viewpoint you could sit out on on top. And again, that's the only other place I've been where I felt similar levels of, like I was actually part of the mountain. It was amazing. And that time, Monica was kind of feeling the same vibes as me. Uh, but her boyfriend was with us, and yeah, similarly to when I was away with B. Kelly, he was about like, what the two of you on about? Like, we're just sitting on the side of the hill. That's so cool. So you can feel like the Earth's energy and stuff. So that, that could be really on the like, ley line then? Yeah, it was, it was the same feeling. I, just, oh. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I felt like I was semi gelatinous. <laughs> <laughs> and like everything else was kind of semi gelatinous as well, so it was kind of like I was still me, but it was I felt like I was kind of properly connected to everything. Like the air was heavy, and I was kind of sinking into the grass a little bit, or sinking into the hill a little bit, and yeah, and very very chill. Lovely. Mm. Well, is are the pyramids on a ley line as well? No, no, the dolphins back. Ghost dolphin. Like this lighting a lightener. This <laughs> lighting her dolphin on fire. <laughs> what have you been doing to me? You're weird or shit oh you're back yeah i think mark's been doing some laymancery on me there and that's why i I suddenly disappeared from the the podcast i was connecting (laughs) with one of the dolphins that's sitting on a ley line out in the sea the the theory is right okay i'll go back to the history of it so it first it was first discovered by an amateur archaeologist called alfred watkins in 1921 while he was out cutting about some hills he noticed that ancient sites at different points around the world all fell into some sort of alignment whether the sites were man-made or natural they all fell into a pattern usually a straight line coined the time these lines lays or lay lines and what lays means is clear clear lines so you can't physically see them but it means that it was often a clear path so there weren't like loads of trees or anything in the way it was just usually like a straight line that linked various lay markers like an ancient church or some sort of burial ground or like you know all the way to places like Stonehenge it goes through seems all linked and there's one that's called the Spiegel line that is the longest one throughout the UK that goes all the way to the pyramids of Egypt and he thinks that he theorizes that that's why ancient peoples built these significant buildings of importance for their religious purposes to harness the energy. I mean, some people theorise that the Great Pyramid of Egypt wasn't a tomb, it was a giant power station, and that's why it was built on a, a ley line, because it harnessed the Earth's magnetic... Because I know they're built, like, they match up with, like, some constellations. Yeah, but that's... at the same time, like, why, yeah, why that particular spot? Mm-hmm. 
Cause and there's all these yeah. sort of light straight lines going up into like into the the pyramid as well, mm. like sort of little chambers or little yeah. tunnels Ooh. that like, go through the pyramids, and they're and they have they don't seem to have any particular purpose other than what people are saying that it channels energy. That's so cool. That is really cool. Well, it's really interesting, but there's a lot of sceptical people about them. Yeah. The people who believe in ley lines, the concept's quite simple. Ley lines are lines that crisscross around the globe, like latitudinal and longitudinal lines on a map that are dotted with monuments, mm-hmm. natural forms, carry along with them rivers of supernatural energy that people like yourself, Mark, can tap into. That's so cool. <laughs> Along these lines that the places interact, there are pockets of concentrated energy that can be harnessed by certain individuals. So Watkins backed up the existence of his ley lines by pointing out that many monuments around the globe can seemingly be connected by a straight line, for example, stretching from the southern tip of Ireland all the way to Israel. There is a straight line that connects several different landforms that bear the name Michael or oh. some form of it. As for their supernatural component, the ley lines mystery deepens when it's revealed that they connect along ley lines the Great Pyramids of Giza, the Chichen Itza, and Stonehenge, all wonders of the world, continue to surprise archaeologists today. And they're supposed to be on these ley lines, and the, they're near to um, energy pockets that could explain their exceptions. Because some people are like, well, it defies the laws of architecture. Some people feel like they don't know to this day how these things were built. Yeah. Specifically, I mean, there was one theory that I read that David always laughed. My boyfriend David always laughs at the in the Peru, you know, the Machu Picchu and all the sort of big yeah. Inca temples and pyramids there. Dying to see the, them. They theorized that they used sound trumpets to levitate the bricks into place what? by using sonic sound. How do you even make something that strong? I don't know, but I thought it was pretty cool. And then maybe maybe it's ley lines or something to do with that, harnessing the energy to turn that into some sort of like magnetic power, electromagnetic mm. sound that moves things. I mean, you can move, manipulate um, objects using sound. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess. But then why is no one managed to do yeah, that now? You know, <laughs> because we've got trucks and cranes, maybe. But. Oh. Uh, would be a lot easier if you could have a magic. Well, you can, if you can move small things using sound, then you're sure that you could, if we develop the technology, move big things using sound. So it's not unthinkable. Yeah. Maybe it's like, it's like enough sound what? energy would take a crazy amount of actual energy. So yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> may as well just use that energy to move the thing rather than create the sound to move the thing. But, Interesting theory. So there was a skeptic <laughs> called Paul De- Devereux, and he claimed that yeah, ley lines are all shite. Probably like you know your your friend's boyfriend and fee, and probably myself. I don't think I would be able to feel anything that are all skeptic. He claimed that ley lines could just be coincidentally overlapping with esteemed monuments. The lines that Watkins drew on his map could easily explain this chance alignment. So you could just you know you could draw a line anywhere and claim that. Yeah. It yeah. connects to yeah. coincidental things. Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. so many landmarks in the world. Can't hear you, Mark. Like, if he was like, sorry, uh, it's because I'm like lying really far backwards for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like full on reclined, like bye everyone. Well, instance, um, people are saying that you can, con- that people are connecting everything from pizza restaurants to movie theatres to churches on maps and straight lines. Yeah. I mean, you could literally pick anything in the world that's like mm-hmm. a landmark and just join them up any you want in that. What were you saying, Mark, about that? Just, you, I don't believe answer. <laughs> I just feel like it would be too much of a coincidence. And yeah, I get that you could draw straight lines, but you could draw straight lines between like, yeah, whatever pizza restaurants. But 
I don't, it's not. There's no. I, I don't agree with them. That's my full argument. Okay. <laughs> well, Alfred Watkins made the observation from atop of a hill, which is they claim is most likely Mulvern Hill near Blackwardine, England, where he observed many footpaths that seemingly led from several ancient sites to another landmark within the region. But this was 1921, so there's not going to be fucking pizza restaurants in Morningfield. <laughs> Cinemas everywhere, yeah. is there? No, I mean, it was actual landmarks of like actual, like historic things. Yeah, but he doesn't claim that they were supernatural, yes, this Watkins guy. He just said that they were like ancient roads okay. or footpaths. And it was a way of like the lay markers were a way for people back then to navigate around the area quick, quicker, like, like yeah. shortcut, like ancient trade routes or roads that offered easy access. That makes sense. Actually. Maybe dating far back as the Neolithic era, but other people have just sort of claimed, added on to his theory about the supernatural stuff and the energy and all that. But then that um, really both would make sense because, yeah, you might build those things as like markers for travelling, but then you'd want to travel the way that you felt safe. So if you'd never been somewhere before, and it's mm-hmm. natural that if you feel that, then that all kind of adds up, doesn't it? And then well, just wandering around the countryside or around a forest, you tend to go where there's already been a path. So you keep going where people have already walked. Like you don't tend to go invent your own new path. Yeah, I suppose don't don't leave the beaten path or something. Yeah. So don't go off the beaten path. There's also it also links in with of all the ley lines um, theory or originated in the UK and England. There it also coincide, coincidentally ties in with similar traits to Feng Shui, the Chinese concept of Feng Shui, because that also they also have something called dragon lines, whereby depending on where you put your house or where you place things in northwest, south, east or west or whatever, it it could harness energy, like negative energy or positive energy from these dragon lines. Same situation with situation with ley lines. Some people claim that if your house is built on a negative ley line where they cross over, that it attracts negativity and makes you sick. So you can get negatively lines as well as positive ones. They're not just like good ends. Yeah, yeah. So there could be negative ones where ley lines cross over each other. And if you're if you live in a building that's on that or situated on the crossroads of mm-hmm. a ley line, then it can make you feel ill. Maybe something to do with the energy or magnetism mm-hmm. or something that like but polarism. But there is energy out there that makes you feel like whether it sits in lines or not, I don't know. But I think there is an energy there's that you can harness yeah. within the world. Definitely, like you go some places and they make you feel calm. You go some places and they make you feel uneasy. Like and yeah, not always for any reason. So like I felt uneasy in the Tower of London. So I can explain that. There, yeah. Maybe it was residual energy I was feeling that was. Like the stone tape theory that energy can be stored in stones. I yeah. definitely like to pick up on that. Yeah, like some of what I'm going to talk about is like that kind of energy that you ah. see. So. Well, other people claim that ley lines were used as landing zones for aliens, such as the ley lines around the NASCAR lines in Peru, where there's like giant from the sky, you can see these big outlines of weird animals and what mm. looks like a runway. Mm. And they claim that that attracts aliens or aliens use that to travel or um or use as a map <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> no i'm not i don't understand to be fair i do realize that whatever we talk about if it's like some sort of monster <laughs> interdimensional being or ghost i'm like yup 100 percent. and then as soon as you say aliens i'm like no 
thank you. We're aliens and I do in spirit, so. But, yeah, like I totally believe in aliens. There's, I'm very sure there's other beings out there. I just don't believe that they keep coming down here in spaceships. I think. Yeah, same. Things. I believe. Yeah, I believe that there are aliens on other planets. I just don't believe that they come here, except for that one that scanted that guy that time that we covered on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them are all made up. There's <laughs> things to do than just to keep coming here and landing their spaceships and like, yeah. like, yeah. Maybe they're not spaceships, so I think maybe they're drones. So there's no one actually in them because I think most aliens probably live so far away that it would be impossible to get here in a reasonable amount of time. So they would just send like yeah, a probe or a drone eventually gets here, send a signal. We're doing that kind of shit. Yeah, maybe. No, no. Like, you just. Hmm. I don't know. So, there's also something to do with ley lines that's like called spirit ways and death roads or funerary paths. And there's a theory that there's an English funerary tradition of stopping at a crossroads and saying a prayer, uh, which is sometimes practiced to this day. I don't know. I've not seen. I mean, a lot of the funerals I've been to, I don't know if anyone stopped to do a prayer at a crossroads but it would be pretty cool if they did. Other customs involve walking around or bumping churches and stones en route. Processions processions are not supposed to carry a corpse twice over the same bridge, and custom forbade singing or music on a bridge. Another interesting funerary custom still practiced into the 20th century was for mourners to carry a pebble, and when they pass certain spots, throw their pebbles into a pile of previous mourners' pebbles. And then there's the, the fairy paths of the Irish... There are numerous stories of houses being built over fairy lines and then being destroyed or cursed. So that's like the negative ley lines, I'd say. Stones, crosses, crossroads, bridges and churches. These are all like ley line markers. Are all the same points in Watkins' list of ley markers. Although it's probable that many of the alignments that involve churches and cemeteries or which pass areas with traditional funerary rites or death rituals have been mistakenly classified as ley lines, as funerary paths are not necessarily always straight. So they have to be straight lines. People always fear, also theorise that spirits can only travel in straight lines, like <laughs> Pac-Man. <laughs> Use the ley lines to get around. <laughs> Pac-Man can only travel in straight lines and it just happens that Pac-Man's trapped in their little maze. Well, remember that he, get, he does get chased by three ghosts Yeah, and he can only travel in straight lines. Yeah, so, All adds up. Really proved. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're saying that ley lines use the Earth's natural magnetism, which was believed to be used to re-fertilise the soil in the same way Aborigines did with their Turingas or dream lines. So they've got dream lines in their dream time. He also mentions that there's scientific research that shows that water is extremely sensitive to electromagnetic fields and that our, as the fields are changed or influenced, so the chemistry of the water may be altered too. Horticulturists have discovered that plants placed within a magnetic field grow more than six times faster than in normal conditions. We are able to show today that the strength and direction of Earth's magnetic currents vary according to positions of the sun, moon and other planets. So there's various like electromagnetic spots that often coincide with ley lines apparently around the Earth that can make you feel dizzy or strange or they have strange effects like ball if you like throw a ball down a like a an incline it'll come back up to you oh weird stuff like that that's really weird actually or you can lean back further than you normally would be able to because the force is holding you then if you were 
where normal circumstances, if you were to lean back that far, you would just fall to the ground. Oh. There's I feel places like someone like... told me once ages ago, I think it's near like the Wallace Monument uh, in Stirling, mm-hmm. where it looks like you be driving up or down and it, it pulls you the opposite way. Oh, like a magic road in Faber Ted. Oh, or it's like, say you're <laughs> driving up the hill. No, if you're driving down, oh, I can't remember what we, whatever we round it is, but it's yeah. the opposite of what it looks like. Mm. But, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like an optical illusion. So you huh. feel like you're going at what should be going uphill, but you feel like, no, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually, it looks like, like there's one, for instance, that looks like it's a straight road. Yeah. And then if you leave your car sort of in neutral, your car oh. will just roll by itself as if someone's pushing yeah. it from behind. But actually, it's an optical illusion because it's actually on an in, a, a decline. There is oh. a there is an incline there. Yeah. Is that what I mean? Yeah, oh, something like that. If you were to yeah, leave it in neutral, it would mm-hmm. go the opposite way of what you think it would go. Yeah, so it would go up the hill by itself rather than yeah. back down the hill. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what happens in Faber Ted. And that's a real phenomenon. That's so cool. I'd like to try it out. Yeah. <laughs> Leading me into the portal situation is that often people think that ley lines can be used as a portal for spirits or and sometimes even to access another dimension if you believe in the multiverse theory. So sometimes I think when people go paranormal investigating and they're got the spirit box and they get a response or they hear a voice, I sometimes think that it's not ghosts they're speaking to. It's like someone say like, in a different time mm. you know people who say they hear voices yeah and people are mental but what if they're hearing paranormal investigators going who are you and all that and then you're responding but it's actually them speaking to you through another dimension through an energy portal and they think they can hear ghosts but they think yeah they think they're hearing ghosts and then the other people investigating are getting responses but you're not a ghost you're just someone alive from another time and you're going what it's this is really coming. interesting, what? Leslie, because although I haven't really explained properly what I'm going to be looking at, like what you're saying now would explain what I'm going to go on and look at. Okay, so I'm going on to the the idea of a paranormal portal or vortex. Now, you might think I'm mental for saying this, but I was convinced that where you live, you used to live where your parents currently live, Yaz, mm. um, you know how where the witch's eyes and nose are? Yeah. There's like a hill that goes down yeah. towards a park. Yeah. Within that hill, I was convinced that I could see a swirling vortex in there. When yeah. I used to when I used to walk from my house in Green Hills, this is where for the listeners I'm talking about where I currently stay in East Kilbride, there's various like areas. It's quite a large town. Um so Green Hills is like the highest point and then I'd walk down from there to the area in East Kilbride called West Mains. Yeah. I'd walk there to my boyfriend's house at the time who his parents lived or my friend Debbie in fact we all sort of lived yeah. you all sort of lived around that area yeah. Yeah. and every time I'd walk past that place especially at night I'd always get a really weird feeling that there was a vortex there that was like a portal for energy because weird shit would happen in Debbie's house all the time like the telly would go on by itself when we were upstairs and no one else was around I once heard someone whispering like actual scary whispery voices oh. when I opened the door to her bedroom and I just shut it immediately David was there with me but he didn't hear anything and I went no I'm not going in there and I went back to David's and then not longer after that Debbie phoned me and went Leslie Leslie what's going on I can hear someone saying my name and I was like oh god I heard whispery voices, but I, I chickened out and went back to the end. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there was a vortex there. I'm convinced there was a portal. I does so a bit, like maybe, 
like the world goes right round disco bride so maybe that's taking the energy around the town yeah that's true because they say that water is a conduit to my like spiritual energy that ghosts have more energy from flowing water or again people like yourself mark can can harness that energy right so in the paranormal world a portal is believed to be a gateway to another plane of existence it links the physical world we live in to the plane of existence that it links the physical world we live into a plane of existence that ghosts and demons inhabit or the spirit world sometimes referred to as an energy vortex which is what i thought i saw or simply a vortex they allow spirits and other supernatural entities to pass through into our world and are therefore often blamed for an increase in paranormal activity in fact cases of this nature often specifically referred to as portal hauntings their their distribution is sometimes disputed some paranormal investigators think that the locations of portals are very rare and there are just a few in the world, whereas some psychics think that every home has at least one portal in it. Oh. Some say there's a correlation between portal location and ley lines, with the claim that they are more likely to occur where ley lines cross, which is the more negative one. So they think the negative ley lines creates a negative portal, which allows the, ener- the spirits or whoever from the other dimension to enter our realm. Whereas, you know, when people have near-death experiences and they say that they see a, a bright light, like a tunnel, yeah. people say that that's a positive portal, whereby that's where you go to leave our the earth realm into the spiritual realm. So that's a positive portal. But if you're coming back into the earth, earth realm, that's a negative one. I don't know, make of that what you will. <laughs> I don't know but, what the was I made there. I didn't have a sound to, to go along with it, so yeah. no one more know what my reaction was. It makes me think that my feeling that that was a vortex is more validated because it says here that one of the beliefs that portals most frequently form near a body of water, and there was a body of water there. The yeah. burns, whereas it, other say the sources of energy such as power lines can cause a vortex to open, or there's a link between portals and bridges. I think the water is interesting. Because of where you're seeing, see, that's right next to the witch's eyes, which to everyone else is basically like a little tunnel going through, like under the town. Yeah. It looks like two eyes and like a creepy nose. Yeah. That that river runs around the whole town, and you can't always see it. A lot of it's underground. Yeah. And I think the the centre of it, the epicentre, is there. That area. Yeah. Mm. Have you never had any weird shit happen in your dad's house? He got stabbed as well around there. Oh, I don't know. Like, um, his wee boy, my wee sister's class, and got like stabbed sixteen times. Fuck. Oh my God. Just like. <laughs> I didn't feel it was really negative, but it could be. I don't know that. That's totally unrelated. But his wee boy that he got stabbed for being gay. It was really horrible. It was like. No, oh. that wasn't there. That was near where yeah. you know, I used to live in Green Hills. That was it. Um, it was like that wooded area, like, like in between. Like, is it a bit over there? Well, I think there is a burn there, yeah. But it's not it's not it's not visible. I think it's probably underground. Yeah. Near a forest area. Yeah. There must be water under there though, because when I used to like cut through there when I was younger, like there's bits where you can kind of walk through it and if you walk through there in the I don't know, I'm telling you this Leslie because you will be aware of that because you also live near it. Mm. Like if you walk through it in like kind of autumn time it wasn't like boggy like you'd properly sink in mm. like there was clearly water below the ground but near the surface at some point well there is a giant water tower in green hills as well like yes, that's so where the water tower is that pumps it all out so mm. but also uh one of the most common beliefs is that mirrors can act as portals which is something most people know i think um with, yeah so one of the main rules about mirrors 
is to never ever have a mirror that faces your bed or if you do you have to cover it up with a blanket or something because um, it allows entities to come through it well don't say that i've got a mirror facing my bed well that's weird because i've never had a mirror i was just thinking that there and that i've never had a mirror like at the foot of my bed and even just now I've got like a mine is like at face level it's just like a wee small like face mirror so I can't see it from my bed because I don't like being in bed and being able to see a mirror because Mm. you know when you just see at the corner of your eye things moving well that's why because it could be dark like at head level rather than at bed level still or when someone dies in a room with a mirror you have to cover the mirror after after they've died so their spirit doesn't get trapped in the portal of the mirror or that things can't grab them and pull them through. Yeah, oh, that's so terrifying. Yeah, and that's where the legend of like Bloody Mary comes from. Mm-hmm. Although I always thought Bloody Mary was like Mary Queen Mary uh, of England, but apparently she's a medieval witch by the name of Mary Worth, and her yeah. haggard face is meant to appear in the mirror. Mary back then, though. Hmm. Everyone was called Mary. <laughs> also, you can um, see you can't physically see a portal, okay. but they are commonly captured in photographs as unexplained lights or miniature lightning bolts, uh, almost like a glowing crack in the fabric of reality. Oh. There are also claims that certain sounds can be a sign you're near a vortex, often a buzz or a hiss, which is what also I felt at that area. So there you are. Although we can't see them, we can often sense they were near a portal by observing its effects. This could include an area of unexplained low or high temperature, a feeling of increased energy or even negative sensations, including feeling weak, cold and disorientated because it can cause confusion. Those with psychic abilities often claim to be able to sense the change in energy around a portal or report that their abilities are enhanced when in close proximity to an open vortex. I wonder if that's something you're tapping into, Mark. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to explore that side of yourself a bit more if you want to. I I mean, I want to open up. Yeah, you may not want to open up portals everywhere. I don't think you should explore that. I just think you should leave it alone. Also, portals don't just lead to the spirit realm. There's a growing number of claims that they could be interdimensional gateways or even doorways to a different point in time, which is what I think they might be, either in the past or the future. This is based on claims that objects and artifacts have fallen through portals. Items like feathers, arrowheads and ancient coins or even brand new coins have been found in places where they have no business being. You know how sometimes I've lost something and then something random shows up? Yeah. you didn't expect it to be at all. Or you put something down and it actually friggin' disappears. It disappears. through a portal. And then it appears yeah. and you're all strandled. Mm-hmm. I find that really interesting. I always blame that on the borrowers, though. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's quite cute. <laughs> when something goes missing, I'm like, oh, fucking borrowers. So I'm going to end this section by... I found a story from The Mirror, which is a bit of a tabloid. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it says... The headline is Family Home stinks of rotten flesh due to portal to spiritual world in their lounge. Oh. <laughs> Good headline. <laughs> so it says Steph Harker and her family have been noticing strange goings on in their North Wales home since 2008, but they're, they say they're not scared of them anymore. Steph Harper's two-bedroom house looks like a typical suburban home, but she believes there's a portal to the spiritual world in the living room. The mum of four claims it has become a hotbed of paranormal activity with unexplained bangs, strange smells and spooky visions now the norm. She lives in Flint, North Wales, with her husband Colin and her children Harvey and Thomas and Paisley. First, She first noticed the strange goings-on three months after she moved into the two-bed property in 2008. Recalling the first eerie incident, she explained, It was just me and Harvey in the house at the time. 
and he was tucked up in bed. All of a sudden, I heard this violent banging coming from his room. I ran upstairs and found him fast asleep in his bed. But the weird thing was, the bed had been pulled about two foot away from the wall where it usually was. Now, looking back, I realized it was the beginning of the haunting. <laughs> Shit. She went a little bit Bangladeshi at the end there. She's Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah, actually. Like she's in Norway. Not long after, just a month after Thomas was born in November 2009, Steph became even more sure she was sharing her home with something otherworldly. She continued, I'm not going to do the accent this time. It was in between Christmas and New Year and we heard a few loud knocking noises that couldn't be explained. It didn't sound like our house. You get used to the noises your own home makes. The bangs kept getting louder and louder, closer and closer. In the end, we went to my mum's house that night. The next day, Colin did some investigating and started tapping different parts of the house upstairs to see where the noise was coming from. When he started banging on the banister, it made the exact same sound. And that's when we knew something unseen had been making the sound right from the top of the stairs. Since then, Steph said she and her family have experienced so many supernatural encounters that... It's hard to recall them all. Not only will she hear crashes and bangs, but she also gets whiffs of peculiar scents, including on one disturbing occasion, rotten flesh, and regularly notices her belongings going missing mysteriously. Could that not just be someone dropping a really noxious fart? (laughs) She explains. (laughs) Colin had his work phone go missing once. We blitzed the whole house looking for it, but it was a no-show. Then six months later, there was a T-shirt thrown on the floor and I lifted it up and there was Colin's phone right by the bedroom door, somewhere we'd walked past loads of times since he'd gone missing. Another time I was in the kitchen and looked outside and I saw soldiers who looked like they were from centuries ago marching by with metal helmets and swords pointing to the sky. All sorts has happened, even vases flying across the room and smashing. We did consider moving at one point, but we've had to learn to live alongside it all. Earlier this year, following a particularly unpleasant week when the house filled with the stench of burning flesh they went and spoke to a medium after recounting the unusual goings on he experienced the medium broke the news that steph has a portal to the spirit world in her living room the house was built in the 50s or 60s we've researched the area and can't find anything connected to the paranormal apart from the fact we're very close to the ruins of flint castle there were most likely battles where the house stands now we haven't directly talked to the children about it but we know for sure some unusual things are going on but like us they're not too scared Shortly after speaking to the medium, Steph managed to capture a video clip that she believes is proof that ghosts are inhabiting her home. Yeah, it's like a, to describe it, I'll post it on our Facebook page or Twitter if you want to go and have a look there. Or um, It looks like a big blue orb and if you look really closely you can see a sort of like weird face in it. Mm. A bit like the globes in Twin Peaks. Colin had heard about spirit orbs when spirits can be seen in the atmosphere through the camera so he decided to catch it. And after 15 minutes, they saw a blue orb flying up and across the screen. And they say that that's proof that there's a portal in their house. Do you think maybe the soldiers she saw were just people cosplaying? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, possibly. I'm just trying to come up with some logical explanations for this as a skeptic. Um, But who knows? Mm. I've been talking for quite a while. I'm really sorry. I thought it was going to be short. Um, well then that's it because portals can also be time slips so you can see time like from events in the past or some people have you heard a time slip where yeah. you're walking along a road and then all of a sudden you start to see things aren't quite right something slightly different 
and then you'll see like a ho- an old-fashioned horse and cart and people mm-hmm. wearing old-fashioned clothes and you're like where am I what's going on and then all of a sudden you're back yeah. and you look at the watch and you've lost about two hours yeah I feel like we had to, we did an episode about that before but like and see till like ever since I've been thinking about it it's so creepy like that, that could happen and both you and the ones from the other time yeah really confused because they'd see you looking really different yeah yeah and they think you're an alien or something yeah which is why i theorize that when sometimes when people see ghosts it, they might not be ghosts they might just have slipped through a time portal and they're just as surprised to see you as you are them yeah oh, exactly it's probably weird yeah, yeah. well that's ley lines and portals and vortexes. got me like thinking because like basically what I was gonna like go into was I was basically looking up haunted stuff in Scotland and to be honest you could talk forever about haunted stuff in Scotland but there's loads and loads of not just abandoned hospitals but abandoned insane asylums and that just makes it so much creepier and a lot of the things you were mentioning is stuff that people have seen in these asylums like a lot of them are there's one in Glasgow actually that's right next to um like Celtic's like training ground um, Old Lennox Castle but a lot of them are out like in West Lothian or towards Edinburgh but I'm not going to go through everyone because they all have very very similar stories so there's like Rosalind Lee um, Asylum there's Bangor Village and I think it's I, I went to one of these until now I cannot I've been literally I spent all of yesterday all of today trying to find the one that I went to like probably about 10-15 years ago and I can never find anything online that looks Gartlock so Hospital that's the one I was that thinking of as well. So, and they all have really similar stories and they're all at different points in time would have been opened up as normal hospitals but they were all at some point insane asylums where they're basically just trying to get rid of anyone with like mental health issues and like the things that seem to have happened in these places are just morbidly horrible mm-hmm. and like once you know you're talking about like feeling energy yeah i don't have ever felt energy in like places like the pyramids or stuff but i've definitely felt energy in places where something bad has happened yeah which is why i think i picked that up on the tower of london because it was all in the prison areas or the torture areas that i felt weird yeah negative energy is like easier to tap into than positive energy maybe yeah Mm. Like the, the two things I felt in my life was once in Egypt after all like mm-hmm. all the protests and stuff like was there. But the other time was in this, this insane asylum, and I, I think it's one of these ones, but I just I can't figure out which one it is. But like the whole place was creepy anyway, and like all these places have got so many stories. People walking around them during the day and feeling like someone's like breathing on their neck or someone's like watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember wondering about it. Of course, it is creepy because it's like everything's all old and mouldy and like breaking. But there was this one room that I remember walking into where it was just this massive room that would have been, I don't know, like their dinner hall or what it would have been. But the moment you walked in, the temperature of the place dropped. It was absolutely freezing, even though it was in summer. I could see my breath. Like, that's how cold it was. It was completely silent. You couldn't hear any of the birds. You couldn't hear anything at all outside. And it was just this, like, suffocating feeling that something really, really horrible had happened in there. And I couldn't even go into the centre room. I, like, left really quickly because I couldn't... I couldn't yeah, it's so that sounds like it is some sort of portal in there. It's horrible. But even, like, the rest of the building was, like, you'd wander through, like, the corridors and there's, like, rooms on either end. And you can look in and there's all, like, the rooms for all the patients. But the weird thing is there's, like, a corridor behind them all as if someone could walk through the corridors behind these rooms to, like, spy in or even go into these rooms undetected. Oh. I was just like, what the fuck were people doing? <laughs> were like, I'm well jealous. I want to go. And it's horrific. I've been exploring. It's so bad. 
And I remember one room looked like an operating theatre, only it looked, instead of like a hospital bed, it was like a slab or something. And there was still loads of like hospital equipment. As if that could be a mortuary slab where the holes in it. Maybe. Draining just, of the blood. Oh, I can't remember. I just remember finding weird that it was a slab and not a bed. Because there was other rooms that had beds in them. And there was loads of like trolleys and stuff knocked over. But yeah, like there's so many stories of people like with these same feelings. And what you were saying about the burning meat, there's a story of one woman saying that she went in one of these rooms and could smell like melt, um, like rotten meat and burning. Mm. Yeah, that's the sign of a negative yeah. entity or negative energy about. If you can smell sulfur or rotten flesh, it's usually a bad thing. Oh, that's horrible. Um, there was one where these boys were like running about in it, and this, I don't think this is the same one that I was in, but there was like an old, what you call it, wheelchair. Yeah. And also, they're like, they're two wee nids, like messing about. Aye. To- <laughs> <laughs> you can just imagine them in their tracksuits, like running about, and <laughs> they're taking pictures and taking turns being on the wheelchair and taking pictures of each other. Yeah. And then when they actually look at the pictures, there's like this ghostly figure standing behind them, like mm. about to like hold onto the wheelchair. It's so horrible. And then when you read into even more of the stories of the patients that were in these places, they're like, they're like, it's probably not like Clockwork Orange or that's a Clockwork Orange. No, yeah, one for them. Oh, one full of the cuckoo's nest. A cuckoo's nest. Uh, where they're like, just like, like zapping with electricity, giving them medicine just to shut them up. I probably put in giving them a lobotomy. Yeah, like lobotomies. Like, mm. there's people, and this is all documented things that have happened to these people where like mm. imagine someone misbehaved and didn't call the nurse sir or or something they would like chuck them in solitary confinement for six weeks like mm. there's just horrible horrible stuff that happened to people yeah and it's like there's no way these places are not properly haunted yeah or negative energy there's just something horrible about these places i mean can you imagine what places like auschwitz and yeah. like those places of mass death and suffering how much evil uh, entities are like what has been opened up in there yeah oh i can't imagine it's horrible and see each of the places i was reading about it's weird because after they were asylums they they shut down for whatever reason probably because it was all barbaric and then they'd get bought over and used as something else we've got things like being run as a boys school or Hmm. Like as other as a hotel, <laughs> like last shut down. Like every time they bought it over to do something with it, it doesn't last and gets shut down straight away because people just experience too many weird things going on in these hospitals. Remember um, Camelot? Yes. Um, it was a oh, theme park. Yeah. yeah. Loudon Castle as well. Loudon Castle. Yeah. No, that was what I meant to refer to, sorry. Loudon Castle Park. Yeah. Now, I remember going to that when I was wee with my pair. I've got it on VHS where we filmed it and stuff. But that has been abandoned and people yeah. often break in there and you can see all the abandoned shows or the creepy. They used to have a chairplane ride mm. with it looked like a big world, Ooh. you know, with the chains coming down. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's just rusted away and it's still there yeah. and people say that that place is haunted or there's eerie things about that oh that's so there's like a lot of abandoned things up in scotland mm. actually that people tend to go visit there's so many stories online as well but just really really unexplained creepy things there's one of to like a lot that and some of them didn't even close that long ago like some of them closed like 90 like late 90s very very early 2000s yeah it's amazing how quickly buildings can deteriorate oh. once they're yeah. been abandoned once the rot sets in, the damp. It's just horrible. The one that's used for the hotel, 
they say that one looks really really creepy because it's still got weird things left over from when it's a hospital but then it's also part of it was a, a children's hospital so you've got part as in the Salem Island, part as a children's hospital and then they brought it over tried to use it as a hotel so all mm. the crap that's left there is just a mixture of all of it all together of it. and it's just like that's a bit weird because why is there still things there from the different times and nobody can explain why like all there's the- different energies you can tune into yeah. depending on how sensitive you are yeah, it's like why I would you think- to this place that just like the last thing it was was a hotel and so there's all like there's the bar and stuff there as if it's a hotel but then there's still like things when it's a hospital and then like dolls and things like from like, <laughs> so but not these were all like different times so how can they, all these things still be there now and it's like people can't explain why. I think people tend to think that time is always linear but I don't think it is I think time objects have came back possibly or just like portals like you know different energies exist in different time frames it's it's a weird one to get your head around lost like maybe if something slips into a portal it's like a second until it falls back out and yeah in the portal time but not in our time so maybe it's like littered with things that have fallen into a yeah. portal and then have fallen just, out and that's why they're just all sort of a random mishmash of things yeah and you think because that must be some sort of vortex or something so that's how they're all falling in and out at, at mm. the same place yeah. yeah so people are saying that they keep hearing strange voices they hear like furniture moving around and doors closing and um, even like there's a door that apparently every time they tried to open it it would be locked if they unlocked it, it would stay locked. If they tried to op- if they tried to close it, it would be open. And it was just like everyone was freaked out by this room, so this room just got left alone because they couldn't even control the door on it. Um, and this is stories of people that are alive now that maybe their mom or their grandmother worked there as a nurse. Yeah, telling them about stories even from back then till now. Um, it just oh, it just sounds so weird and creepy. Like one nurse was saying she worked there for a month and left because she just couldn't handle it. And a lot of people that ended up in these asylums were like from the war as well so they were already traumatized from being in the war and then they're coming staying in these places which like you say this like may or may not be some sort of vortex wow what was that noise oh it's the train the train runs right next to my flat <laughs> it's a vortex good timing though <laughs> But yeah, these places are so creepy. Mm. Like, do you ever get the chance to go to, to any? Oh, I mean, they say David's when we can maybe yeah. see them, but I don't, we, I, might get, we might get arrested. That's the thing. There, a lot of them are kind of open for people to wander past. Some of them are beautiful buildings, but you just can't go inside because they're. Fun. I want to go with a dictaphone. Sorry, what? that reminded me. I was trying to think of where the other place was, but I felt really, really chill. I'm sure I said this to you guys before. So there's like a castle out here. But it's oh, like yeah, an aban- yeah, so Ooh. like the abandoned castle near here that Ooh. it's like on a cliff edge out to sea. Kennedy, Say that again. Kennedy Castle or something it's called. Oh no, what is it called? Oh, I can't remember. I can't anyway, remember. it's all closed off. You're not allowed into it. That was why you're saying like some of these places you can't go and you might get in you trouble. It's all closed off. You're not allowed into it. And me and one of my friends that I work with, like the school basically got closed one day. There was a power shortage. So we went a drive out there and we were like, we wonder what it looks like inside. So we just climbed the fence and went yeah. in but yeah it was it was a weird like again not negative definitely a, a positive feeling being there but it was so it was such a strange feeling i managed to somehow me and david managed to get inside um there's a theme park in england called alton towers mm. and we seen a couple of people go into the towers so we just followed them through this gate and then we were inside the ruined castle and we were wandering around all the empty rooms and going up these stairs and it was i mean it was awesome 
and 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 then while we were exploring the place this guy in a high-vis vest went what what are you doing in here and we're like well we thought we could go in i mean we just walked in (laughs) walked through a door and he's like no this isn't open to the public (laughs) (laughs) get out (laughs) so we had to leave but what an opportunity It was really weird. I didn't know there was actual towers and on towers either. No, neither did I. Yeah, there's a legend based on it. They they um they had a ride called Hex, which is one of the rides I love, and it's actually built within the tower. And the legend is, which is real, this tree is real, that the one of the old earls of the Alton Towers, because it did used to be an aristocratic home. And he came across an old woman on the road on the way home in his carriage and she stopped him and asked him for some money or some help. And he said, fuck off, bitch, and then carried on and hit her with his whip. And she went, I curse you. So the curse was that there was a a tree and she said for every branch of this tree that falls, a member of your family will die. And then later on there was a storm and yet one of the trees got struck by lightning or something and fell. And that night his son died. Oh, wow. So because that happened, what he did was he went to the tree and he got chains and he chained up every single branch so that if they fell, they would just swing or whatever. They wouldn't fall to the ground. And that tree does exist. There is a tree in the surrounding area of Alton where there is the witch tree with the chains. But they sort of embellished the story for the ride because yeah. they knew that they, he took the branch that fell and did experiments on it to try and undo the curse and that's how you end up in the ride and it looks like you're going upside down and stuff it's quite fun Ooh. that's a good one to add to the list of topics of like <laughs> curses and hexes well yeah we'll do that later yeah, that's, good. that's so cool though I didn't love it on terrors that's awesome she's really creepy were you going to talk about the Royal Mail because I want you I want to hear about this it was just like there's so many ghost stories about Edinburgh like when I was first oh, yeah. Scottish things I've got so many tales to tell like literally we could do like a million episodes so it's just on creepy things to do at Edinburgh. But there's a couple, just wee mini stories about right. Mile. So it's just like really, really quick ones of ghosts that are sort of known on the, the Royal Mile, which mm-hmm. is, for people that don't know Royal Mile, is the road that leads up to Edinburgh Castle. And yeah. It's just filled with stories. It, re- um, it reads from, it leads from the top, which is Edinburgh Castle, all the way down to the Scottish Parliament and then the old Holyrood House where many Queen of Scots and many ancient kings used to live. Like Scottish monarchy used to live. Yeah, Edinburgh is awesome. If anyone like, oh, the old town's the best. Things, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And like, I'm sure you guys have been like down in the tunnels underneath the castle. Mm-hmm. It's I was so just going to say we still need to do our like the three of us go visit the tunnels together and then do a, a podcast episode on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll go yeah. down the vault. Or can we go to Mary King's Close because I've never been in there and it's maybe yeah, really exactly. weird. Yeah, it's really good. So there's five sort of famous ghosts, and I remember being told about these when I was on like the ghost tour. The first one's called the Dung Prisoner, and this guy actually doesn't have a name, so he's been called the Dung Prisoner. So a lot of times in the castles like this, in the dungeons, the prisoners were beaten and tortured. So this guy decided to hide because he didn't want to get beaten up. Who does? <laughs> exactly. So he hid in like a big barrel where like all the shit was. Oh. Which is so disgusting. <laughs> Doing like, a Shawshank. <laughs> he's like, no one's going to look for me in here because it's like a big oh, barrel shit. of shit until he could get his opportunity to run away. But the thing <laughs> is that we used to empty those was to basically pick up the, um, the barrels and chuck them over the edge of the castle, which, as you know, Edinburgh Castle sits in a very big cliff. Yeah, and there used to be a lake there before Ooh. the Prince's Gardens, so it would oh just God. be they would dump the shit in a big body of water, like a swamp. Oh, but just, yeah, going down this horrific, mm. like, <laughs> rocky. Um, yeah. So he obviously fell to his death covered in shit. So <laughs> this 
think you can imagine he's going to come back and haunt the shit out of the place. So a lot of visitors have claimed when they walk around that area, they can just smell actual shit. Like, is it? <laughs> it's like shit going by them, and they say oh. that is. <laughs> That's a dumb prisoner walking by them. Um, dumb prisoner is a nicer nickname, I suppose, than poop ghost. Shit, yeah, <laughs> it's sounding like a fairly offensive nickname, but the jobby ghost would have been better. The jobby ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the jobby ghost. Um, <laughs> then you've got the ghostly piper boy, and this is like a little boy who's told like play play the bagpipes. But basically, like the mystery of all these tunnels has obviously been there for like, several centuries. And there's all the tunnels under the castle going up to Hollywood Palace. Um, and when these tunnels were first discovered, like, they couldn't really get into them properly. Like, they had to dig their way in. So one of the ones that were opened, the entrance was really tiny. So the local Piper boy could squeeze in because he was really small. And so they were like, like, you go in and explore and just keep playing your bagpipes so that we can hear you. And so he went in, he's playing the bagpipes, and then all of a sudden it just stops. Oh. And they can't hear him anymore. So they try and dig, dig, dig to get into them. And they've never been able to find them. And um, what is he just wandering around playing so his yeah, pipes to this day? Yeah, now people basically say, and apparently there's been loads of search parties, loads of t- t- chances to try and like, rescue him, they can't find them. And like, do you know where like Tron Kirk, like the church in the middle yeah. of So they say when you get to there, a lot of people can hear the bagpipes in that particular area. Like, oh, I've got just, chills. That's maybe where he got to, was just oh, under the church. That's so um, sad. I know, isn't it? I just think that's so mean. There's a headless drummer boy that's been his ghost has been seen. In Edinburgh Castle. Castle, yeah, that's yeah. in that castle itself. I think I remember them talking about that. I one. think he hangs around the gift shop most of the time. Oh, I've heard. <laughs> I really enjoyed the tone you said that. Maybe he wants someone to buy him a toy. Maybe. Yeah. He was the wee boy that would basically, if the castle was under attack, he would bang the drums. So they say, if, like, if someone does come to attack the castle, he will bang his drums again. So, yeah, hopefully nobody attacks the castle. Why is uh, he always hanging around the gift shop? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Going for shoplifters, maybe? No, I think he's just suggestion. He just, maybe he just plays with all the toys in there. Yeah, maybe that's Yeah, I suppose, because there's lots of, like, buddy toys and, yeah, there would be, like, pencils and stuff you could play with. That's nice. Oh god. <laughs> There's Lady Lady Janet Douglas. Oh yeah, that we've talked about her before. Yeah. So she her ghost is there, so she was what accused of pretty much you know, being a witch, yeah. Being a witch. But if she's out of bench because her son got put away with some family fucking hated the Douglases, so it was her stepson who became the King of Scotland and he was like, Ah fuck you, Janet, I'm gonna burn you as a witch in revenge. There you go. Well she's clearly still pissed off because she wanders yeah. around. Her ghost is also supposed to be at Glam's Castle, which is one of the most haunted castles in Scotland, which I visited with David like a few years back. It was awesome. Yeah, and there's a chapel. And when we went into the chapel, Lady Douglas's chapel, they said, right, now she likes to, she has her favourite seat. Mm. So um, I'm not going to tell you right now, but one of you could be sitting in her seat. Mm. And at the end of it, it turns out her seat was like the one at the very back corner, which no one was sitting in. Uh, God. So she thinks she, well, she, she was killed at Edinburgh Castle, so she haunts there, but then she goes to Clams Castle, because that's her home. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, apparently visitors have reported this ghostly figure roaming around the halls crying. Mm. She's um 
one of thousands of innocent women killed at the stake or killed for being a witch. It was terrible. But yeah, oh, honestly, like Edinburgh's brilliant. Yeah, it was great for like creepy stuff. It's absolutely yeah, great. I definitely recommend going to the Kirk Grave Kirkyard or whatever it's called, the graveyard, Greyfriars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greyfriars Kirkyard, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's full of absolutely full of the brim with weird tombs and like it Greyfriars Bobby's owner was buried there and there's Mackenzie Portergeist which I'm sure we've mentioned yeah. before on here because of all the people as well that died, died during the plague there's horrific stories from stuff like that as well mm. people getting boarded up like just oh it's horrible yeah that was Mary King's close so they all got yeah, yeah. yeah boarded up in quarantine and left there to die basically it's just oh, it's horrific but yeah I really it's interesting stories for us yeah <laughs> Okay, Mark, you can Hi. finish the podcast with your story about a woman who's haunted house or something. I don't no, know. that she was personally haunted, but actually, since you've been ah. talking about these kind of time slips and stuff, I okay. feel like I might explain the unexplained bit of the story, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain as we go along. So, the woman who was haunted, uh, her name was per- Peril Pullard, <laughs> um, so she was born in Illinois in 1883, uh, she had quite an unhappy childhood. Her family were not particularly nice people and they didn't allow her to go into education and they effectively used her as a bit of like a house slave. So she ended up moving to Texas when she was 14 uh, to try and find work there because she thought she'd actually get along better by herself. She managed to find some work in Texas and started working in kind of like, I suppose the equivalent of like restaurants back then. Like, not the equivalent of restaurants. They still had restaurants. Yeah, they were. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she like little eatery places. She kind of started yeah, talking things like that. And then when she was in her early 20s, she moved to St. Louis. So while she was living in St. Louis, she was, what, just before her 30th birthday. So in 1912, uh, her friend Emily Hutchings had invited her around to her house. And lots of people had been going to Emily's home because uh, this was obviously around about the, the dawn of the Ouija board, which we've covered on here before. Yeah. And it's Emily was apparently known for having a house in which Ouija boards worked really well. So Peril thought, aye, that'll be a laugh. Like, I'll go around to my pal Emily's lovely, lovely. So they went round. They were having tea. They were using the Ouija board. And they, Peril said they contacted a spirit. However, the spirit wasn't communicating through the Ouija board. It wasn't communicating with anybody else. Peril could just hear her voice. So she could hear this woman's voice. No one else could hear her. Peril was chatting away to her. And the woman that she was talking to said she was called Patience. Now, Patience seemed really, really lovely. But also quite confused she didn't really understand where she was or what was going on uh, however she thought all the women that were around at uh, emily's house that day seemed really nice and was obviously getting along best with peril because peril could hear her and they were having a very jolly time so she ended up when peril was going home patience came home with her and she said to her well i'll come with you because i'm not sure where i am or where to go what? Oh, um, an attachment. So Perl said Patience spoke in an English accent. She couldn't see her. She couldn't even see any sort of faint outline of her, but she could hear oh, her voice yeah. very, very clearly. Basically, Patience ended up staying with Perl. Again, they described this as a haunting, but this is where it kind of links into what you were saying, because they described it as a haunting. Patience was able to answer a lot of questions, so... She said she'd been born in 1649, that she was from Dorset in England. Oh, um, she did it, yeah. Yep, that she was a, uh, she'd worked as a poet. And when they sort of said, oh, well, what brought you to America? She said that she'd never visited the Americas. She said she'd never been there. She didn't, she didn't know how they got there. When they asked her how she died, she said, uh, I'm not dead, dear. Oh, and my God. Like, oh, how did you get here? She what? said that 
on the day when she found herself in Emily's house that she said she found that she had become detached from her body. So basically from patience, the spirit's telling of events, she said like pretty much she was at home, she was going about her normal life, obviously as a woman with a job, although she was a poet, but so it wasn't necessarily a well-paid job, but she had a job. Um, she was she was from like a fairly wealthy family and basically she was in her home, the home of her fairly wealthy family, going about her day-to-day business. And then the next thing she knew, she was in emily's living room so they opened a portal using their ouija board and somehow uh, sucked yeah that seems to all add up and effectively got chatting to peril but in her view like she she knew that she didn't have her body with her but she oh didn't God. know how she got there or what was going on <laughs> but anyway so hold on mark before you carry on so when that happened right so her spirit's been sucked out of her body and transferred to like 1912 america mm-hmm. back in her time do you think someone found her body just as if it fell over and died and they were like, oh God, she's just died for no yeah, reason? Yeah, just assumed, I guess, that she was dead. Yeah. Um, dead or no. sleeping? Do you think she would be dead or sleeping? Like, would her body still be, like, alive? Yeah, they might think she's dead and then bury her. Yeah. True. Or, yeah, they might think she's, like, comatose, but surely eventually they would have buried her. I mean, you yeah. know, 1949 to 1912 is quite a, <laughs> a long time to be waiting for her to come back. Um but either way, she like really hit it off with patience, really hit it off with Peril, and Peril really hit it off with patience. Like they got along really, really well. So they basically ended up being like flatmates. <laughs> so But did she have a physical body though to no. like do stuff? Because like so she was friends with the ghost. Yeah, so she was friends with the ghost, Casper Bailey. <laughs> Well, no, she didn't eat or drink, but she continued to like create new poems, and this is what I thought was particularly interesting about the story. So she began, like, she would basically make up little poems in her head, and she would tell her poems to Peril, and Peril was like, "Oh, these are really, really lovely." So they came up with this idea that she began to not just write uh, poems, but write down eventually novels. So in 1914, Peril submitted Patience, the ghost's book of poetry for publication. So this book of poetry was called The Pot Upon the Wheel. Oh, I need to get this. And it's like basically, it's a critically acclaimed work. It's um, considered to be like a great work of poetry. It was published. It it sold really, really well. Critics spoke of it really favourably. And then from 1914 until 1922, many of Patience's books were published. She then went into writing novels but having Peril write them down for her. And what I think... Literally a ghostwriter? Yeah, literally a (laughs) ghostwriter. And what I think was really interesting is Peril never claimed any... Like, she never claimed the books to be her own. She always pointed out that she she wasn't completely illiterate, but she was basically illiterate. She had really, really poor literacy skills. Um, And she said, no, 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 the reason that the books exist is because Patience, like, talks me through them. She explains the spelling. She explains the punctuation. And, like, quite a lot of the language that was used, and even now, like, modern commentators on it will point out that a lot of the language that is used is language that would have been used in the 1600s in England. Mm -hmm. And there's not really any way that Peril would have known that, because given that she'd never been schooled, she wouldn't have been able to research that. There was no way for her to research that at that point in time. Yeah. Um, Patience, through Peril, published, like, quite a few books. Some of her more popular ones that I looked at were, there was a Hope True Blood which was a series of Victorian English dramas uh, set around this main character, Hope Trueblood, who was basically, it was like her life and the the dramatic going-ons in her life. So they were quite popular books. Um, She wrote a semi-biographical work on the historical figure Samuel Wheaton, who was the, like, husband of a 
famous female, not politician, but she was like a kind of political influencer. I thought you were going to say female impersonator, and I would be like, I was just <laughs> hoping you would say that. <laughs> uh, no, but she wrote like basically semi-autobiography. So she got Pearl to research more into Samuel's life for her, and then wrote this like semi-autobiographical book about him. There was a really famous mystery book that she wrote that I really want to read called An Elizabethan Mass. And then two of her really famous books, one because it was really popular and critics compared it to works of Shakespeare and Chaucer, and then one because it was really controversial. So a really popular book was a book called uh, Telka, which tells the story of this woman who basically has like this really chaotic life and she goes out on her own but it's based in medieval England and she basically finds like peace by going and living on her own in the medieval English like countryside and cutting herself off from everyone else and then there was the controversial book which is called The Sorry Tale which is a fictional tale of the last few days of Jesus told from the perspective of Jesus but again these are all like critically acclaimed works all again penned by Peril but apparently written by patients who only Peril could communicate with if you think about it though she would never have got any of those books published back in her time so her coming through that portal and meeting emily is like amazing she's got a fucking career as an author and yeah like she's living her best life and then i kind of think as well that coming through the portal to emily's living room and then peril obviously and her becoming best friends but peril didn't really ever have a family because her family treated her so horribly that she took herself out of that situation and then it's almost like they were, I don't know whether there was like a sisterly relationship or whether they were like romantically involved, but I just think it's really nice that she kind of found someone that loved her, even though yeah, it was like a, well, an, an, an unbodied person from like the 1600s. But I'm actually quite jealous. Yeah. <laughs> 1937 so uh, Peril in 1937 was out for tea with her friend uh, Dotsie D-O-T-S-I-E Dotsie Smith and she told Dotsie that although she was in very good health Patience had told her the story of the uh, so this is a quote told me the story of the end of the road she has shown me that I am to die you must carry on the best you can without me for soon I will be gone and Dotsie had said to her oh don't be silly like uh, Peril you'll be fine you'll be fine like you're in like perfectly good health you're great and then in the last week yeah so this was in november the 25th 1937 and then on the last day of the last week of november uh, 1937 peril suddenly developed pneumonia and went into a coma and died on the 3rd of december 1937 and then yes that's obviously the end of the story because peril was gone so i don't know if patience is still out there like disembodied or maybe patience and peril are both out there together disembodied but see that would be really tragic if if peril died and then she went moved on to wherever but patience was stuck and she was then lonely and nobody can see her here yeah Really? I'd like to think that either like they're both now disembodied together or maybe like when Peril passed over into the afterlife like patients went with her. Oh, oh that would be good. Together. Yes. Oh, that is so, like yeah, really, amazing uh, yeah, story. I, I was really glad I found that story. I thought it was lovely. And same as you say, Leslie, like I want to get a hold of uh, some of the books. I know uh, there's an original copy of The Sorry Tale for sale, but it's uh, bid starting at £1,800. Oh. Probably not going to buy that one, but I might see if I can get some like um, later copies that yeah, yeah or so someone would have digitized <laughs> go to the library see if you can get one of her books yeah there. is there any listeners in america that can get a hold of her books send them over yeah please send us some uh, patient worth but patients worth books please send us a send us an email at uh, pod, uh, 
<laughs> crystalmouthpodcast.mail.com and then let us know if you've found any. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking like how mad that is. And that's, that's one of the best like, stories I've ever heard. I know it made me so happy. It's one of my favourite stories that I've ever researched. It's, it's so unusual. Because normally like, when people talk about being atta- having a ghost attached to them, they, they basically think it's a negative thing and they find it, they want to get rid of it. But that's nice because she's like a lovely companion. Yeah, I'd actually, I can't remember where I read about it, like, quite a while ago, and when we decided we were doing this this week, and I thought, oh, ghosts attached to random things, and I was like, well, I suppose Pearl isn't, like, a car, a train, or whatever, but I thought, oh, this would work for this, and I really like the story. Yeah. That's kind of scary, though, when you think about it, because you could just be minding your business, and then some cunt's got, like, an Ouija board session, and the next thing you know, you're, like, 20 years in the future, or or thousands of years in the future, and you're stuck there. Like, get me back. Save me back, you arsehole. And you can only hope that, like, patients... The one way. You find find love in the And you just never know when it's going to happen. Maybe that's... You know how people just suddenly disappear and nobody ever finds them again? Do you think maybe they've gone through a portal? Maybe, like, their whole body slipped through a portal. Mm -hmm. Or maybe just their body... Maybe only your body or your spirit can go through. Maybe just their body slipped through, and that's why you find, like, John and Jane Doe corpses. And maybe their spirits stay here. That's creepy. Yeah, that's quite creepy, actually. (laughs) Oh After it's going to end on a happy note, I'm like, or maybe something horrible. Anyway, because <laughs> like, I do believe that there is stuff that happens, which just really creeps me out. Yeah, just, I don't know. I don't. I know. I want to stay alive. I want to stay alive forever and ever, but not get. So I'd be a vampire, basically. But not get old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? I know. If only we could do this podcast forever. Uh, okay, so what's our next topic going to be? Uh, we're we up to nine possible. Wow. Oh, My turn to pick. I'm going to pick number eight because it's the infinity symbol. Uh, number eight is famous slash infamous demons. Ooh, this one will be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diabolic laugh. I'm going to see if I can find another uh, beautiful lesbian love story about a demon for next week. Probably not. Ooh, I like this one. Okay, sounds good. And there's so many demons. I mean, it doesn't have to be like typical Christian demons. It could be demons from any culture. Yeah. Find nice demons. Can you get kind demons? Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Well, that's that for this week. I hope you enjoyed. I certainly enjoyed this one myself. It was very interesting. Um, I loved what you guys covered. It was. Yeah, a pretty fascinating episode. There is, um, if anyone's interested, there's um, a website where you can check if there's any ley lines in your area. I still got it up here, so just a wee plug there. Mark, I think we should come visit you and go check out that creepy castle. Yes. See if it's on a ley line as well. Good plan. Yeah. Well, I checked East Bride and the there's not really one there. I don't think, but I know there's a vortex, so... Just look up like ley lines near me on Google. Maybe it'll come up with something. Let's see. Yeah, there's the UK ley lines interactive map. So for listeners in the UK, you can go to higgypop.com and it gives you a map of the UK and Ireland as well. You can see where all the ley lines are in comparison to yourself. So we've got the southwest of Scotland ley line, which runs from the island of Mull to through Cumbernauld, not really that near Bride, through Livingston and then finishes 
Uh, One of those crazy hospitals that's near Livingston, actually. Pathhead. Oh, well, that's interesting. It goes through Bonnie Rig, funnily enough. So maybe that's why, because Bonnie Rig's famous for its UFO sightings. Mm. And it goes right through Bonnie Rig. And I suppose the kind of like floating orbs or whatever could be people. Bits of energy. Yeah, Yeah, could be actually. Instead of UFOs, it might be the energy from. There's a Roman camp nearby it. So that, hmm. Yeah, well, check out. Mm higgypop.com and you can see where all the ley lines are if you want to visit them and see if you can tap into the ley line energy yeah. it was good of um, Pop to make that for us yeah. <laughs> Pop. <not Higgy>, <laughs> it's just like a pseudonym of his it's Pop's ley lines <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you think Pop sounds like a Pokemon yeah like Jigglypuff and Pop. <laughs> I'm gonna draw a um, Eggy Pop as a Pokemon and send it to you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. I'll speak to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully you'll tune into this one. I think you'll enjoy. Ooh. Oh no! I'm getting sucked into a vortex. Bye. I hope you find lesbian love. Crystal. Man.